welcome to Multidimensional Mom, the podcast. I'm Stephanie Donovan. And I'm Sarah Malloy. And if you're lost in the midst of momming or just the wild chaos of everyday life, we're here to help. Anything from momming to the mystical, we've got you covered. Come along as my real-life bestie and I explore all the different things about mom life, midlife, and the great beyond as we celebrate the elements that make us unique as moms and as women. Because you're multidimensional and we are too. We're going to discover our magic and help you embrace your own. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome, gentle listeners. And to you, dear Stephanie. I still don't like calling you Stephanie. You know that. You don't have to. I know. It's just, it looks like it takes effort for you to say. It does. <laughs> it does. And that's not, that's nobody's fault. It just, you are Kirby. Yes. That's, that's it. That's it. But I also don't want to cause confusion. Right. You know, for people, because that, you know, our listeners are going to be like, well, who the hell is Kirby? I always say, who the hell is Stephanie? That's exactly. That's what you love to say. I do. Who the hell is Stephanie? Hello, though. <laughs> Hello, Stephanie. <laughs> like you're choking on it. I mean. Stephanie. It's fine. So what's going on? What is new? We're back to school. That's new. Yes. Back to school officially has begun. And that seems to be going well. It is odd having a not having to run to a thousand places. Like I'm much busier during the summer than I am any other time of year. I don't have to go drop him off at a camp, pick him up from a camp, get him to a play date, do this, do that. You know, it's like there's a bus that takes care of all of that for me, which is lovely. It is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just have I just have the baby three days a week. And then for two days a week, I actually have time, which is beautiful. So wow. yeah, I don't have that. Yeah. Yet. How about you guys? Kellen is not in school yet. Uh-huh. It starts at the very end of the month. Okay. Like the last week. So him without JR is a job. Oh yes. Yeah. Because JR's gone at school all day. So Kellen is very bored. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Yes. Yeah. So when boredom happens, so does destruction. <laughs> yeah. Well, all the time with Kellen. It's like his job. It is. And he takes it seriously. Oh, he does. <laughs> it is just cats, kids, and chaos over here. I was going to say you've had qu- you've had a quite a bit more going on than me lately. Uh, yes. Smokey the bear is living Smoke in my basement. Bear. Oh, it started with us having approved applications at a few rescues to look at dogs. Right, Sadie. Still haven't figured her out. She. Is in my bed right now. She hasn't even gotten up for the day. Aww. She does not want to act like a dog without Duke, but she also does not really want other dogs because we have tried her with the neighbor dog, with other rescues. We've met a few dogs and she always kind of snaps at them yeah. and protects things. She's guarding things and that's not good for anyone because there will always sure. be something to guard. Sure. So we just don't know what the right, answers for her right now but in the meantime of being approved at this foster organization it's they do not have a brick and mortar facility at this point in time called Mm. save s-a-y-v you can follow them on facebook and take a look at their lovely pets 
they reached out because there was this photo that will break your heart of a gray cat in inner city Chicago with a tumor growing out of its face. Yeah. And the person that found it reached out to save, but they can't take it in unless someone will say I'll handle it. Because they don't have a facility. Yeah. Right. So they kind of said, look, we can't do anything until we have someone step up. And what did I do? (laughs) (laughs) What you always do. Yeah. Do you hear Roscoe (laughs) screaming? I do. I thought that was maybe JR. Miss Roscoe. Just for no good reason. Just to like see who's listening to him. I don't even think he can hear himself. That is the cat. Oh my God. That's like when people talk super loud because they're mostly deaf. Same thing. Yes. So Smokey is old i have not taken him to my vet yet i don't know how old he is they guesstimate 10 to 12 he's also declawed so he was owned at some point i have to believe somebody saw he was getting sick and turned him out he's skin and bones like he's we're not even out of the woods yet i mean he's recovering from surgery he's on painkillers he's an old guy he is definitely like he was starving so that's what well, we've got, he is, you know, this one needs help. I will say that. Yeah. So if we can yeah. save this one, that'll be good. Yes. Yes. That's, he doesn't yeah. even like understand beds. <laughs> like oh. I put like a bed down there. I put um a cardboard box with blankets in it because sometimes they like that. And sure. he chooses the corner of the room with boxes of toys around him. Because he likes to feel like he's like protected, I think. He's I was he's got his little fork. Yes. Yeah. 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 And he and he I put a baby blanket in there and he likes that, but he he doesn't. Oh. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He's an interesting one. Poor buddy. But I know they are still fundraising for him because it was a big surgery and also for his upcoming care and for a dog they recently took in who they had to amputate a leg of. They thought Mm. it was like broken pelvis and it's much bigger. So the veterinary costs on a foster-based organization is just huge. So yeah, I can share that link in the show notes. Well, you know what you need to try to take time to do now and then? I smell a segue. For yourself, this is the segue. Get outside in nature if you can. Take a few deep breaths Amongst the trees, perhaps. That's what you need to do when life is just here and getting you down. Get outside. Oh, oh, Kirby, <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about trees. Oh. Let's talk about trees. I don't know how this one came up. I really don't. And we don't know a lot about it. I mean, now we do because yeah. we've been doing the research. But sure. I think... I love the like tree nymph folklore. There's so much across cultures, across beliefs, religion, the symbolism of a tree and the beliefs behind it. I mean, I'm talking like mythology and other worlds and Jack and the Beanstalk stuff. I mean, it's just everywhere. It is. When you say cross culture too, it is a worldwide, every place has some sort of symbology or mythology surrounding trees everywhere. does. Yeah. And we found a lot with the Celtic traditions, a lot there. 
I have, I think we've talked about before, a burr oak in my yard that is the largest oak on private property in the county. It is three to 400 years old. We only know this because the neighbors came together to protect it. When my house was built, I did not build my house. We bought it from the people who built it, but it is massive. We have to get it trimmed like every other year and they like bungee it. Like they have a great time. It's yeah. hilarious. It has fathered ton of oak trees throughout St. Charles because they take its acorns and I, I don't know. It's its own ecosystem. I will say that. I mean, it spans over like three yards. Yeah. And what's going on at the top of it? I don't even know. There have yeah. been things. It has a big knot hole. There have been things in there. There have been raccoons, squirrels, chipmunks. Um, we've had hawks in it. We've had owls. We. It's just, it's pretty cool. We also have had flying squirrels. Yes. Like little guys. And that throws you off because you hear like, Phew! And above you, and there it is. Bats, we've got bats. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I kind of forget about it because it's just out there all the time, you know? But whenever someone comes over and sees it, they always want to, like, go outside and actually see it. They just want to take a look at it. And, yeah. I mean, what we had, Pam, when she came yes. over, our tarot expert, she was like, can I just... Can I just go touch it? Yeah. It was like, had to be by it. But it's it's... You have to when you see this tree. It's... It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, the first time you came in my backyard, I won't forget. You go, oh, you have a Disney backyard. (laughs) (laughs) You have a, it's true. You want woodland creatures. Yeah, exactly. Not that they help you out with anything, but they sure do live in your yard. I wish they would just do some cleaning around here. Just once. If you wouldn't mind, guys, thanks. Yeah, your tree is great. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how trees got this connotation of magic. We love the magic connection and the Celtic tradition. We'll talk about the spiritual meaning of different trees, which I love. Mm, I do too. The ways you can perform tree magic, get ready. And then some superstitions and traditions involving trees. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to it. There is. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Let's start with Celtic tree wisdom. So if you've ever heard, and you say this, I can't do it because I'm not like authentically Irish. It's like dur, D. Dur. Yeah. D-U-I-R. I actually looked up the pronunciation and I still can't copy them correctly, but it's the oak. And the yes. Druids called the mighty oak, the king of the trees. The oak tree is symbolic of truth, strength, and protection. It's a native tree to Britain and Ireland and has been represented in different mythologies all over the world. So the magic of the oak, I love this. If you dream of resting under an oak tree, it means you will have a long and prosperous life. Mm -hmm. If you catch a falling oak leaf, it means you will not get sick over the winter months. I need to try harder at that. I mean... When this thing lets its leaves go for the fall, yes. we are raking and leaf blowing for like four weeks. I don't doubt it's, it. It's a big job. Yeah. If you warm your house with oak wood, then you will remove any illness that is in the home. An acorn is carried around to eliminate pain and illness. It was thought that if you carried a piece of oak with you, it brought you good luck. You must ask for permission to take a piece of oak wood and show gratitude. Yes. Very important. Yeah. So there's some magic of the oak. And I have seen it 
called Adore. Well, we'll get to that next. But there was this artist takes photos of horses, actually, and we've bought some of their horse photography. But there's this huge photo that they've done of this mighty oak. And I really wanted Mm. it for our family room. And I cannot find their website. I don't know if they're not doing it anymore or what. But in the back, it had a big embossed D. And I was like, that's cool. Cause it's like our Oak D for Donovan. Well, it's sure. D for door. Of course. And it's, yeah. And so the belief is that the Oak is like the most sacred tree in Druid mm-hmm. belief. And the word for the Oak and the English word door, it's the Sanskrit word door. It suggests that this tree stands as an opening into greater wisdom and an entryway into the other world itself. Yes. I love that so much. I wanted to bring up too, there is sort of a legend that comes from Celtic mythology. And I know we brought this up before we got on our recording today, the green man. So the green man is sort of a legend that goes hand in hand with the, the magic of the oak tree. I've I've got a website here. It's literally it's spiritofthegreenman.co.uk. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. get more British than that. Doesn't no. get more, you know, <laughs> it Celtic. It just doesn't. But it gets into who is the green man. And the green man and you'll recognize him. I'll I'll send you some images as well. So, okay. you, can, so you can take a look at it. But essentially this website just says that the green man is found in many forms throughout history. The common feature of the green man, though, and this is something maybe maybe our listeners have seen this. It's a pretty well-known image of it's a face like a male face covered by foliage. It's he's surrounded by oak leaves. It's like he's part of the tree and he's like coming out of the leaves. It's really cool. You'll often see him carved in wood or in stone inside of medieval churches and cathedrals which is really interesting too. And I bring him up today specifically just because of that last point that you make. Because again, talking about the doorway, being a doorway between the new beliefs of Christianity and the pagan beliefs. And there's a lot of evidence for the crossover of those religions, but you'll see, you know, if you go, especially if you ever visit Europe or Ireland or anywhere, it's, you'll see Christian churches at the sites of pagan sacred places. And so a lot of that was introduced in the churches to sort of bring in the pagan followers as well. Hmm. But yeah, that's the green man is very much a part of that as well. Now, is that like, you know how people buy those like faces and they hang them yes. on their trees and it looks like yes. a face coming out? That's, of, a, that's yeah. where a lot of that comes from. If you see people that do that, if you see faces in trees that people have purposely placed yeah. there, that's that's sort of where that comes from. It's also sort of said he's a symbol of rebirth as well. He represents the cycle of new growth that occurs every spring. Yeah. So I'll send you some of these images there again. You'll, it's something that I'm guessing you've seen, but yeah, it go, it runs deep, deep with the tree magic, the tree mm-hmm. magic. Well, let's talk about the spiritual okay. meaning too of trees then. So the world tree, you've seen that on everything. I mean, that's that concept yep. of the world being structured around a tree whose branches support our world and whose roots spread down into the underworld. Mm-hmm. The tree of life metaphor often involves a tree that is seen as the source of life, whose fruits provide life to humans and in some cases, immortality. So different types of trees, different species have their own meaning and significance in varied cultures. 
In particular, Celtic and Norse mythology held meanings for different species of trees in early European history. So I want to go through just some common trees so you can know their spiritual significance Mm -hmm. if you have Mm -hmm. one. The alder tree. This is supposed to be, in Celtic mythology, a balance between two genders as male and female catkins grow on the same branch. It symbolizes courage and evolving spirit. In Irish folklore, alder is known as the tree of the fairies. Yes. Who in many Irish tales live and hide in alder trees. I love that. Um, There's the ash tree. The ash tree is especially important in Norse mythology. Uh, This belief system has its own version of the world tree metaphor. It's represented by the ash tree. I think if anybody's ever watched the Thor movies, there's there's some symbology there. Um, you'll see you'll see some of that represented. Historically, in European cultures, it was also believed that burning the wood of ash trees could ward off evil spirits. Um, these trees also symbolize higher awareness and sacrifice. The aspen. Now, I will include photos on the drop. I mean, I'm just going to be posting trees all week in our stories yeah. because there's so many yes. beautiful like art images of this. Mm-hmm. But the aspen. That's a Colorado thing. I mean, we all yeah, have like aspen leaf necklaces from going to Estes together. And we stayed on basically a mountain and one side of the house, it was all aspen trees. And they do the way their leaves are. They like when they blow in the wind, they almost like sparkle. They just, mm. you know, back and forth, these little leaves. So I have a close up picture of the leaf that I'll post, but um, they make this whispering sound too when wind blows through their leaves. So many cultures believed our ancestors shared messages with us through the wind. So aspens were considered sacred because these trees are often associated with peace. It's a calming experience to sit in an aspen grove and listen to the messages from those who have gone before us. Yeah, love that. That's beautiful. The hazel tree. Now, this one's special to me. My daughter's middle name is Hazel. Oh, um, and my grandmother's middle name was Hazel, which I did not realize. Um, but her mother's first name was Hazel, so this is it's a family name for us. Yeah, that's um, funny because I thought Penelope's middle name was Kirby, but it's fine. I mean, it's listen, fine. it was a close second. I know you you just kept you up at night. I'm sure it did. Tossing and turning. Yes. But the hazel tree, specifically in Celtic mythology, is a symbol of wisdom and inspiration. Nine magical hazel trees are said to hang over the sacred well of wisdom, dropping their hazelnuts into the well to bestow wisdom. It's also prominently featured in Greek and Roman mythologies where the messengers of the gods, Hermes, is it Hermes? Hermes. I always say Hermes. Yeah. Okay. Hermes and Mercury who also represented intelligence and wisdom, both carried hazel staffs. I like that. Mm-hmm. The maple. I Sometimes I feel bad about having a huge oak and not a maple because the maples are so pretty in fall and the oak just goes brown and goes. It's sometimes a little yellow, but no cool colors. And the streets around here are filled with like sugar maples and just these colors are amazing. The maples are incredible. We've got a Japanese maple that we purposely planted out front. It's it's the beautiful color. all the time. Yeah, it's, just a rich, rich burgundy red. It's yes. it's amazing. Yeah. Maples are known to have magical properties and symbolize balance, strength, and endurance, among other things. Because of their ability to change colors, these trees are also a symbol of change for people. Their wide canopy offers protection, 
to those under its sleeves. And in some cultures, they are known to ward off evil spirits. That's why you did it. You were like, evil. That's it. I need protection as yeah. much as I can get. This is what I need. We put it between our house and our neighbors. We don't <laughs> what know what's does going that on mean? over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. And, you know, I wonder if you use enough maple syrup, I wonder if that just makes you invincible. I'm pretty sure well, Steve I mean, we must should, be by I now. was going to say, we can ask JR. He will know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the oak tree. We've sort of gotten into this a little bit already, but across various mythologies and literature, the sturdy oak tree is portrayed as a symbol of strength, stability, and protection, standing strong through all things. These trees are also thought to provide comfort and are considered spiritual guardians by some cultures. In addition, oak trees are known for their long lifespan. I mean, obviously, you know a little bit about that from your backyard, but one particular oak tree In Sherwood Forest, the major oak is believed to be where Robin Hood hid from his enemies. Hmm. This thousand-year-old tree still stands to this day. I would love nothing more than to go visit that tree. That's very cool. Redwoods, Mm -hmm. you know about this if you're in California. These are symbols of strength, resilience, and healing. Redwoods can withstand fires that other species cannot and have the scars to show their strength to survive. Standing the test of time for thousands of years, these massive trees are a testament to the vitality and longevity of nature and the earth. I've never seen one up close. That's another one. I would love nothing more than to go and just stand under a redwood. It it is awe-inspiring to stand next to something that could tell you stories yeah. about your generations, you know, yeah. of your family. I it's it's unbelievable to me. And finally the U, Y E W. The U is typically associated with the dead and is often found in graveyards. The druids saw yew trees as the guardians of the dead. In Greek mythology, yew trees are associated with the Greek goddess Hecate. Liberator of souls after death. You know, I went now, down a rabbit hole with this one because I was like, did what? You? Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, I looked up like are... what trees, because I've never really thought about it before, are typically used in cemeteries. But a lot of it just comes from them not needing a lot of upkeep. Right. Or constant water. But yews are very typically found in cemeteries. Mm -hmm. And then so then the symbology kind of came from there, too, because you always see them there. So then it's like this tree of death. Yes. We're going to get into this a little bit later, too. I I know you've got some. But and again, I I know this can be sort of problematic. But Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling did a lot of um, research when coming up with wands for the characters and who would carry what kind of wand and why. And Voldemort, the big bad in Harry Potter, carries a wand made of you, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So just interesting. I mean, there's there's so much to this stuff, and it spans, again, cultures, literature, lots of stuff. So we will take a break here, and then we will come back to talk about how we can perform tree magic. Have you heard about She's Birdie yet? Look, if you're a busy mom like me, chances are that you're getting your jog in in the early morning or walking your dog after dark. Or honestly, even if you've got your hands full in a parking lot with a baby and a kid and a grocery cart, an extra layer of security in all of those situations can keep you much safer in the case of an incident. 
She's Birdie is a one-of-a-kind personal safety alarm that comes with a solid brass keychain, so it's easy to clip onto your keys, diaper bag, dog leash, or whatever. You activate it with a quick pull, and it emits a 130 decibel siren and a very distracting strobe light. If you're looking to get attention, this is it. She's Birdie was invented by two moms who wanted peace of mind if their daughter's off at college, and we get why. It's easy to use, lightweight, travel approved, safe to use at a distance if you feel uncomfortable, and unlike mace or pepper spray, you won't have to fumble with a nozzle or wait until someone is close enough to use it. The original Birdie is perfect for all we mentioned. Plus, you can now order the Birdie Plus if you prefer, which comes with a subscription service, a live rep 24-7, and an excuse to leave call if you're looking to get out of any situation. So two options, one great product. Join our flock. Go to she'sbirdie.com and enter our code MULTI15. You'll get your birdie at a 15% discount. You'll be helping the podcast. Also, it's important to mention that She's Birdie gives 5% to organizations working to create a world where women are safe. Order yours today. Danu Forrest, stop it. <laughs> Your name is Danu Forrest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's like I had a gym teacher once. His last name was Sportsman. No, it wasn't. Shut up. Oh, come on. Shut up. Yeah. No, it was not. So the next article that you found, this is this is a really cool article. Celtic Tree Magic. Six Ways to Work with Sacred Trees. Guys, the author's name is Danu Forrest. I don't believe that for a second, but that's fantastic. <laughs> Danu Forrest is a traditional Celtic wise woman who has studied on the Celtic path for over 30 years. So look her up. So all around the world, but especially in the Celtic lore of Ireland and the British Isles, trees hold a special position as totems of spiritual identity, as well as markers of our cultural heritage and qualities. In this article, she lists five simple ways to begin your own exploration of Celtic tree magic. It can be applied all over the world with the trees near you. I mean, let's do some tree magic. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, number one. This is how you get to perform the magic. Tree meditation. This practice is key to working with trees, gaining a slow, steady state of consciousness. Just sitting and being with a tree of any species has profound effects upon our well-being. With regular practice, this can be developed further to fine-tune our senses in order to become more aware of the spirit presence of the tree and its energetic qualities. Try making yourself comfortable on the ground with your back against a tree trunk and breathing deeply and steadily for five minutes. With each breath, let your body awareness rise up into the branches straightening and stretching your back slightly and focusing your attention on the branches and air above you. With each out breath, send your awareness down into the earth. Take your time. If your mind wanders, that's fine. Just bring your attention gently back to this present moment. Use your imagination and be like the tree. Still, strong, and with deep roots and the ability to reach up high and far out into the world without losing your center. I picture you and I out in my backyard with a bottle of wine performing (laughs) tree meditation. (laughs) If you've ever done this though, there there's a really good, I mean, there's several good forest preserves around us too. And yeah, you don't have to go and 
don't have to go far. You don't have to, you know, make a big trip. Just if you have a good tree in your backyard or if you've got a good a good forest preserve to walk through, just do that and just breathe. It's a good way to just start. Yeah. And breathing, you know? Yeah. So number two, spirit allies. I love this so much. With patience and practice, the tree meditation may assist you in becoming aware of the tree's spirit presence, its own particular feeling, and even its personality. You may get feelings of tingling warmth when you enter the tree's energy field, and you may even have shifts in emotion or fleeting images cross your mind. These are all known to be ways in which tree spirits communicate with humans. Can you believe that? So good. In some cases, the tree spirits might appear as humanoid beings. There's the green man for you. Uh huh. The tree spirit may take on any form and the images it presents will all be forms of communication. So allow yourself to approach this intuitively, thinking mythically about the spirit contact rather than trying to apply logic or any formal set or rules of symbolism. Make biodegradable offerings to the tree, such as hmm. gifts of spring water. And in time, you may be able to develop a relationship with your chosen tree spirit if they are willing, and you'll find that you can work together in a variety of ways, just as you would with other spirit allies, which we've mentioned before, your familiars, elementals, etc. I don't know the spirit that's living in my tree. I need to work on that. Yes. Go introduce yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. I know I live here. Yeah. But... In a while. Um... Um little bit. Hey. Once. Now my kids are very good at this. After school every day, they call them mining sticks and they pick up tree branches from around the school. I guess they've been choosing wands. So when we think of magical wands, we tend to think of them as tools to direct the power of the magician, witch, druid, and only give a passing thought to the wood used and its magical properties. Mm -hmm. When choosing a wand, you may feel attracted to a specific kind of wood for a variety of reasons. In many instances, a wand can hold the tree spirit whilst the tree itself simultaneously remains living and home to the tree spirit as well. Therefore, when we work with the wand, we can find ourselves working together as a team and our magic can become far more effective. To do this effectively, you have to have built a good relationship with the tree over time, cut the wand yourself, and have the tree's permission. <laughs> Again, don't know how you get that, but yeah. to cut your own wand, you will use your intuition to guide you to an appropriate tree and spend time in meditation and communion with it for some time to get a real relationship with the spirit first. Then in time, it may grant you permission to use its wood. To work with your wand, remember that it is a spirit ally and use your intuition and inner vision to work with the spirit of the wood. Direct your will and energy along the wand following its direction of growth. That would have been from the trunk to the tip of the branch when it was growing. You're going to make a magical wand, aren't you? I sure am. <laughs> no doubt. So number four are spells, charms, and incenses. This is some of my favorite. So many trees have magical properties that can be used for spell work or to make charms. In the Celtic tradition, the rowan is highly magical and used to protect against malevolent spirits, whether in spells as a talisman or burnt 
either in a sacred magical fire or as an incense. Okay, this is my favorite. Elder (laughs) is useful for attracting fairies, as is the hawthorn, and can be used in a variety of ways according to intuition or practicality. That said, beware. Hawthorn should never be brought into the house or chaos will ensue. And neither the hawthorn or the elder should ever be cut without first gaining the tree's permission and making an offering. So think about that when you're cutting your trees for wands and stuff. So aspen, as we mentioned before, is good for calling the ancestors. Try scattering the dried leaves around your circle or altar as an offering at Samhain, which Samhain is sort of what Halloween was born of. It's Celtic. It's cool. It's it is. Celtic. It's cool. Celtic you know? is cool. Acorns are good talismans for strength and to invoke the green man and the lords of the forest. Carry some in your wallet for luck and prosperity. I see you rummaging through your purse for your credit card and like moving acorns a lot. <laughs> just let me, I just got to find it. Just one second. <laughs> Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Tossing them over my shoulders. Yes. Herbalism, number five, how you can invoke tree magic. Many sacred trees in the Celtic tradition have wonderful herbal properties. Birch sap is traditionally gathered fresh from a plug in the tree in early spring and taken as a tonic by tribal peoples all over the Northern Hemisphere. It's known for its excellent detoxifying and nutritional properties. Elderflower tea or tisane is excellent for bringing down fevers. Elderberry can be taken as a tincture or a honey elixir for coughs and colds. I have seen that used a lot, especially in holistic stores. Naturopaths use it Mm -hmm. around cold season. You're supposed to have elderberry. Hawthorn tree is great for stress and mild heart palpitations caused by emotional upset and is used in greater doses by qualified herbalists for some heart conditions. Willow bark contains salicin used as an aspirin and pain reliever. And these are just a few. With responsible research and sensible application, many of these can be done at home with ease. Although for serious conditions, medical advice and the support of a medical herbalist are always advised. I know in some witch traditions, like nature is the core of it. And that's where they do like spell magic and this whole thing. It's all just from nature and herbalism. A lot of that's based, that's, Wiccan is, you know, um, yes. it's based in a lot of that, which we could have entire, we could have 30 episodes on just Wiccan mm-hmm. beliefs. But yeah, a lot of that is, that's true. Have you ever had elderflower liqueur? No, but I have seen it in some fancy cocktails. Yes. There yes. are. Yep. We've used it in cocktails before and it's really, it's very floral. It's very, I mean, you can, you can taste the nature, but it's, it is, it's wonderful in like an elderflower martini. Like there's lots of different things you can do with it. It's great. So the last one here on this list, grow your own. The best way to work with trees magically is to get your hands dirty first. So gather nuts, berries, and seeds. Sow your own. Even a small container on a windowsill can be enough to get a new tree. Did you ever get that in elementary school? That was always a thing. Like at Earth Day, they would give you like a little sapling to plant. That was always fun. And they were just in little tiny pots. It wasn't anything. We grew like, oh, I think it was a white pine. And I remember it and how little, because a little pine tree is so cute. They're adorable. And that tree 
we grew it. My dad put it in the front yard. We used to be able to jump over it. Uh-huh. And then it just took off. And now you drive by it and it's like unbelievable to see this mm-hmm. tree because I remember when it was this tiny little thing the size of my hand and it is massive. Yeah. And that's just since we were kids. But yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, that that's amazing. Also, I'm old and that's like 40 years, but that's okay. No, it's th- maybe 30, maybe 30. Yeah. <laughs> but just, yeah, keep in mind. You want to tend to those very carefully. And with most trees, it does take a year or two before they get so big that they need to be planted in the ground. So it might take a little bit of time in its little pot. If you can, try making your own grove or sacred place encircled by trees that you've grown or planted yourself. Or even if you just have one tree ally in a special place, these powerful beings will respect the care that you've put into them and be valuable, magical allies to call upon in need as well as wonderful spirit friends that will grow with you as the years go by, as you found with your white pine. I keep trying to grow a red bud. Do you know the red bud? They almost, they have a very unique leaf structure that you can tell it's a red bud and almost looks like a weed when it's growing. Mm. And they pop up in all the yards right next to mine all the time, like errant trees. People are pulling them out. And I'm just trying to get one and grow it. And I have tried a couple of times and then they die. And I want a red bud because in the spring, um, they are like purple. Ooh. Yeah. They like flower. I think it's in the spring. They are, oh, they're just gorgeous trees. They can get pretty big, but they just are very leafy and they just like spread out and they're more wide than tall and they're just gorgeous. And I can't seem to get one going. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about fairies. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> this is just random stuff. We had to throw this in there because- You know, the magic of trees, we have to talk about the superstitions, Uh the traditions, the fairies, all that stuff. I used to have a poster in my classroom was Midsummer Night's Dream, and it was a bunch of fairies in a tree. You know, even Shakespearean. Shakespeare had a lot of, I mean, he had fairies in his characters. Fairies and witches and all of it. Yes. So let's talk about first the, and this is from ancientorigins.net. What is a fairy tree and what is it used for? According to Irish folklore, the island was invaded six times by six different peoples. The penultimate group was the Tuatha de Daman, who are believed to be pagan gods of Ireland. When they were defeated by the last group of invaders, they went underground and became the fairies. The fairies made many gateways that allowed them to travel between their own world and the human world, some of which take on the form of trees. It is believed that the fairy tree served as a meeting place for these supernatural beings. As these trees are important to the fairies, they are protected by strong magic. A fairy tree appears just like any tree. Many fairy trees are believed to take the form of the hawthorn, which is native to Ireland. This plant is easily identified by its sharp, sharp, woody thorns and serrated leaves. Although the hawthorn is a common choice for fairy trees, many other types, such as the ash, may serve the same purpose. In any case, it's not so much the type of the tree, but rather the location where it's growing that allows people to identify fairy trees. If it grows in the middle of a field, it's supposedly a fairy tree. Okay. Yes, according to Irish folklore. I love that. No trees around it. It must have fairies. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I mean, have you ever seen the Keebler elf tree? Oh. Around it. That's right. Are they fairy? No, they're elves. Different? 
different. 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 Making cookies uh, in the tree? Is that what they're doing? That's what they're doing, which seems like a very dangerous structure for baking. Right? That's not not smart. (laughs) Are elves not known for their cunning wisdom? They're known for making shoes. You ever watch the movie Elf? It's my favorite Christmas movie. Oh, it's ours too. Oh, I love it. Love it. I wanted to make shoes. <laughs> so good. Anyway, sorry. I love these oh, superstitions. I, I went crazy here. I did you know this one? I did not. The, so Go this on. is from Business Insider. Okay. Yeah. Knocking on wood. How many times? Like it happens all the time. I was just all at time. dinner with a friend last night and she's like, yep. knock on wood. And like on the table we were eating on. Have you ever knocked on wood for good luck? This superstition stems from an old pagan belief that spirits live in trees. And if you knock on the tree, you are seeking the help from the good spirits. So you're like calling forward the spirit of the table when you knock on the wood. Right. Making sure the bad spirits couldn't hear you and cause you harm. I love that so much. Isn't that cool? That's my favorite. That's my favorite. This one, you know, I think I knew a little bit about it, but it is interesting. Why do we have Christmas trees? Yeah. This is from National Geographic. It's difficult to pinpoint exactly when and where these pagan traditions morphed into the tradition as we know it. Several countries claim to be the birthplace of the Christmas tree. Yes. And there are competing mythologies that seek to explain what it all means. Um, I didn't know that there were several countries that claim to be the birthplace of the Christmas tree. I always, well, because Germany is like the most well-known, Germany right? is the most well-known at least for, and it's us. because they took the tradition and ran with yes. it and then started like really decorating them and all of that. So that's, right. but honestly, France, I mean, yeah, it's all around. There's a lot of countries that say, no, we started. Yes. That. Which I didn't know, which is, it's so interesting to me. Yeah. Latvia and Estonia both claim to have been home to the first Christmas tree. Latvia traces its Christmas tree to back to 1510 when a merchant guild called the house of the black heads doesn't that sound like something out of game of thrones yeah <laughs> carried a tree through the city decorated it and later burned it down meanwhile estonia has countered those claims saying it has evidence of a similar festival hosted by the very same guild in its capital city in 1441 but historians have cast doubt on both of those claims saying nope that the guild's festivities were likely unrelated to Christmas. But that hasn't stopped these two countries from fighting for bragging rights. <laughs> Isn't that great? I love it that there's a big fight over where this comes from. But yeah. the Christmas tree origins that you've probably heard, that I've heard, it does say that it's more likely that Christmas trees, as we know them, were born in the, I'm guessing, Alsace, Alsace region during the 16th century. So historical records indicate that a Christmas tree was raised in the Strasbourg Cathedral in 1539. And that the tradition had grown so popular throughout the region that the city of Freiburg banned felling trees for Christmas in 1554. Nope, can't do it anymore. (laughs) Folklore offers a number of perspectives for the meaning of that tree. Some suggest that it was inspired by the paradise tree, which maybe you know it better as the tree from the the Garden of Eden. Mm Mm-hmm. Others believe that the Christmas tree evolved from a Chris, from Christmas pyramids, wooden structures that were decorated with evergreen boughs and religious figures. And I saw a lot of that when I looked into it. Did you? The Christmas okay. pyramids is actually where it's from. Not We like to give it the Christian tradition because the Christians don't like to say that Christmas trees aren't Christian, but it's actually- right. but they're, it's, not, they're not meant no, to be. No, it's not from that belief. Right. It says here, the Christmas tree was intended to be religiously neutral, 
in the context of Christianity, religiously neutral. Yes. I mean, even Jewish friends of mine still do a tree because it's fun. <laughs> yes. I've got, I've got um, Muslim friends. They'll put up a Christmas tree. Uh-huh. It, it, it's just, it's a fun thing to do. And there's something, there's something about that, that just, it just symbolizes that time of year, no matter where you come from. That's trees. I want to go make wands like right now, Yeah, <laughs> but I have to go, but I have to go and like commune with a tree first. Yeah. You have to get to know the spirit of the tree, ask to take the wood, make your wand. Can you, I just picture us like running around outside and playing like the kids do. Hold on. Our kids would love this idea. They would. Yeah. They absolutely would. Yeah. We just go to a forest preserve and start talking to trees and making wands and performing tree magic and communing with fairies. I feel so, I would feel so guilty cutting from a tree. Do you know what I mean? That's just like, I feel there's something about that to me. That's like, well, no, I would never do that to you. You're living. I don't want to like that just seems so self-serving to yeah, me. Yeah, I trim it's the like, branches of our um, crab apple in the front all the time because it's sure. like gets so out of control and covers like windows of the house and stuff. So I do that. Yeah, ours does too. Maybe I don't know. I'm not good at that myself. Maybe I need to learn more about that. And on a big old oak, pieces of wood fall all constantly. the time. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to cut one. It's just going to fall on the ground anyway. Right. Right. But that's probably what I would feel more comfortable doing just, and I would still probably like, if this is something that you really want to do again, in, in respect for nature, respect for the magic, respect for the spirit of the tree, maybe look at that as an offering, you know, thank you for, for the, for the gift. And then you can make your own wand out of it, which I love. I mean, there's, we're really lucky. We've got some really beautiful forest preserves all around us, but this one that I've taken walks in, it's true. Even just even just being able to walk through a forest preserve and just look around, and it just gives you some really good perspective. Because again, these trees are so much, they've seen so much more than I have. I know. You know? Yeah. And just thinking about that, like what have you seen, gives you a bigger, again, perspective about your place in all of this and how fleeting things are. Well, trees. This was fun. Trees. This was fun. I love this. I love. I love looking into this. And maybe I'll. Maybe I'll get us a couple of talismans to carry oh. around some hazelnuts, and um, respect the spirits that that may be with you in all of this. It is fun. And I don't know what to say. What's coming up? Mm-hmm. I really haven't planned too many. I've been lost in fostering. Who knows what we're going to do next? (laughs) We will surprise you. It'll be a surprise for all of us. (laughs) Please subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed to our feed so those new episodes just pop up and you don't have to go looking for them wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we still need ratings and reviews. We always do, especially on Apple. And hey, share an episode. If there's an episode you like or that you want um, your friends to listen to us to, it's easy to share an episode right there from your podcast player. You just press the dots and press share and you can text an episode, email, whatever you'd like to do. And thanks for listening this time and join us for the next one. Take care. Bye.